data storytellers. Today, I'm here with Pascal Tyrell, who is the Director of Data Science and Associate Professor over at the University of Toronto. Great to have you with us. Thanks, Paul. Great to be here. Cool. So um, uh, obviously, we we met at the conference in, in Toronto, had a, a really great time, and I was I was keen to kind of take a deep dive into some of the stuff you were talking about. Before we get into that, uh, just tell us a, a few words about yourself, your background, your journey uh, to this role over at U of T. Sure, happy to. Uh, it, it's not a, a direct path, uh, so I'll, I'll uh, keep it brief. Uh, but essentially, I started off as a uh, researcher, so I did graduate work in, um, you know, actually it was bacterial uh, or microbial physiology. Uh, but I did that, and then uh, I switched uh, from that into the computer industry. I went into uh, computer software and programming, um, and then did a little time in the finance industry, and then I then. Now, now the data science part, I started a, a work at uh, the Hospital of Sick Children in, as, a, as a data manager, and then decided to go back and do some more graduate work. And that's when I did uh, my degree in clinical epidemiology and biostatistics. And here I am now. So now, now that's the, the, you know, the culmination of all that ended up being data science, which interestingly, at the time when I was doing all this, it wasn't really a thing. Uh, and then it became a thing that, uh, you know, if you if you bring all that together, so content and computers and programming and um, and math and statistics, uh, you end up being a data scientist. So mm. there you go. That's the that's the story. The, the, the Pascal story. I like it. So what are you working on currently in your in your uh, current role with U of T? So at U of T, I'm the data, I'm the director of data science in my department. The department is medical imaging, hence my backdrop, uh, you know, for mm. brain MRIs. Um, my area of uh, research is in uh, artificial intelligence in medicine, uh, obviously as applied to medical imaging. Uh, so that's probably the the biggest focus I have now. I also do uh, biostatistics as well, statistics in that area. Uh, so the data that I work with mostly is going to be uh, images and then the associated uh, features that come with uh, the images. But that's that's essentially uh, my my day job. Mm. So you kind of sit at this interesting intersection of, of data and education and and uh, like um, you know, hospital uh, medical mm -hmm. life sciences, if you will. What are the kind of trends that you see that kind of cross span these these industries, if you will? So trends relating to how we manage data or exactly, how we work with data? yeah. Uh, so I actually also sit, I also run my own company, uh, Softex Innovations, uh, that uh, develops software in the industry. So I can also tell you a little bit on the, uh, you know, the cross-section with industry as well, because that's an interest of mine, innovation and industry. Uh, it, it's all very similar in the sense that I think it's a, a new era of discovery. I know that sounds really silly. But uh, but really, what it is is um, you know the tools that have been introduced um, are just catching up now. And so the one I'm going to refer to is like the cell phone, for instance. You mm. know, smartphones uh, just give uh, us the ability to see so much more data, leverage more data, and understand. And more importantly, I think is understand more data. And so I think that's what um, is happening: is uh, this ability to access so much uh, data and information is uh, empowering uh, so many more people in the population uh, to ask for more and expect more, which in the past we didn't. And so now what we're doing is we're scrambling and trying to catch up in terms of how do we, you know, in, from an academic standpoint, how do we teach, uh, how do we educate people to understand the, you know, the usefulness of data and how to apply it? 
Uh, and then on the flip side, in terms of uh, using you know, the you know the consumers of data and information, uh, we need to um, understand how is it going to help us. So how is that going to move us forward in what we're doing? So that would be industry, and as you say, in the healthcare industry as well. Um, how do we benefit from all this this wonderful data that's now being collected and and manipulated? Um, how do we put it to good use? So I, I would say that that's the when you ask for a trend. I'm going to say that that's probably what it is, is that we're all kind of scrambling to meet this new, as I said, you know, awakening or discovery of of data. And I mm. think that's a challenge. So, Absolutely. So with the, the fields that you work in, which are obviously quite broad and, and you have, kind of have your fingers in many pies, so to speak. So what do you, uh, how do you see data analytics today? So what do you think about the state of data functions in say education and healthcare and, and, and with the other companies you work with? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the general progress of this data-driven business transformation? Uh, so I think um, a lot has been um a lot of change has occurred in the area of data analytics and a lot of it has been as i just said the the you know the advent of of lots of data to push this forward right whereas before it was uh data was i'm not going to say scarce but almost right that it, mm. it just wasn't really available and it wasn't trusted right uh, and so data analytics was was smaller, right? But now that we have so much data and and people uh, you know are realizing that you know we can leverage this, um, that uh, there's more there's so much more focus on it. So what I the way I would describe describe data analytics right now is a little bit like um, it's almost like a, I'm not gonna say a secret, but you know everybody's working on it, right? Everyone's trying to build out their analytics team and build out their pipelines and how are they going to do it. Uh, and we, I think we still, there's, there's still a little time left before we start to see big or large gains on people who have put in the infrastructure mm. and more importantly, have put in the education uh, to start benefiting from it. So I think we're in that kind of lull that uh, we're going to start to see huge, uh, you know, advances thanks to data. And I think mm. that's kind of, that's how I would describe analytics is that you have some shops that are just, wow, they've, they've, they've just dove right in and they've got everything, you name it. They're, you know, they're using it. And then you have other companies that are still kind of, well, I, yeah, I don't really know. Mm. And maybe, maybe I should. And so it's just kind of a mix uh, at this point, but inevitably it's, it's, it, it's going to happen for everyone. It, it just really, you need it. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> like, like there's no doubt about it this this idea of uh going on best practice going on what i used to do what i've seen before those days are gone like those days are truly gone now it's it really needs to be um something that is clear and shown and transparent is what the expectation mm. is now uh, i think uh, of data for sure and to start with that, you need to kind of define that, right? So you mentioned that the different organizations, companies, they will be at different stages of, of the journey. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do you define like what is data-drivenness, let's say? So how do you as an organization or an individual in an organization measure that? Um, wow. I would uh, The way I would um, summarize that, I think, is maturity. 
Is that a good way of saying it? You know, like, I think it's where you are at, right? So it is a level of maturity of how you understand data so that you can leverage it. So, I mean, a lot of words that are that are uh, thrown around, of course, is prediction, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, how can I leverage data in order to predict an outcome? Well, that's great. But, you know, really what you're interested in is prescription, right? So meaning that if you can predict it, how can you get it to do that regularly <laughs> you know so if it's sales and stuff i mean it's great to predict sales but what you really want to do is you want prescription which is you know applying that knowledge of how it predicts uh so that you can repeat it over and over and over and then you're successful right so that mm. i think is a level of maturity so in the sense that if your organization truly understands the the there's there's basically five concepts in data science that are all interlinked that need to be leverage together in order to benefit. And I mean, if, you know, just not, not to, you know, start lecturing, but, uh, you know, essentially you have your, your inference, which is your, your prediction, which is great. Everybody knows that. Uh, but more importantly, and, and this is all the data, you know, people out there are going to be thinking, well, okay, there's distribution of my data that I need to appreciate. Mm. There's expectation, uh, which is the expectation of what distribution you're going to have. Um, and then variation, which everybody knows, which is, you know, if, if we didn't have variation in data, then you wouldn't have data, right? I mean, mm. everyone, there'd only be one. Um, and then the last one, which everybody forgets is randomness, right? Which is just uncertainty. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know if I repeat it over and over and over and over, I can expect a distribution of that data. So anyway, I'll stop there. But just to say those companies that can really um, leverage all five of those are going to do extremely well. And what happens is, is you have companies that are not quite there yet, and they're going to be um, focused on, on just one or two of those concepts. Very often, they're going to be inference, right? So the ability mm -hmm. to predict, you know, how do I predict this, right? But they're not going to think about, um, you know, all the other components, which if you do um, appreciate them or master them, what happens is, is you do truly have the ability for a prescription, right? So meaning that I know now how to repeat this so that I'm successful in, in what I'm doing in, in business. And you can only do that if you, if you can uh, appreciate all five. And, and to do that, you need maturity. You need to have mm -hmm. teams that have that ability. Not everybody is a master at all, all, all five of them. So you have to have a team that's talking together uh, to make that happen. Yeah, this is this is all super interesting stuff because what we're alluding to now is is building data and analytics teams, which is you know a huge challenge for everyone. You mentioned that organizations are kind of they they they're good at the inference kind of stuff. When when companies start to mature, where do you think they see the biggest barriers? Um, wow, that's a good question. So so meaning like as they're maturing, what are the biggest barriers they're mm -hmm. going to hit? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. So, and this is I all mean, great can... for me because I'm getting like a free free lecture here. This is like you know, <laughs> yeah. ten thousand bucks well, a year, so I'm all good. I'll try not to lecture too much, but uh, you know the 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 stages are inevitably is uh, when you're learning is you you need you you learn all the concepts and and then you try and apply them right. So I think where companies um, when they when they hit that. The, the first problem they're going to hit is they're going to have this knowledge, right? So they're going to hire people, let's say, or they're going to train within to understand these concepts and start putting them to work. The The tricky bit is um, actually observing, uh, you know, the change that is that is expected. So meaning that, you know, you're going to put all this money and time into building these teams and all that. 
and you're going to have measures of outcome or hopefully you you mm -hmm. measure your success your performance and then the 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 piece that hits is that um it it all takes time and here's the here's the other one and I, i'm going to go back to another you know one of one of the five which is randomness right so so randomness is you know uncertainty of an outcome right so you that's random right but the what what you have to understand too is randomness is is part of of life right you need that uh, and depending on the variation in your data and your randomness, you get different answers. So everyone everyone appreciates that, right? Mm -hmm. But what people don't quite appreciate is that over the the law of lar large numbers, right? So for those you know in marketing and, and finance, they understand that is that if you repeat it over and over and over and over and over, you're going to observe a distribution of of your answers, right? You know, based on on what the you know what what you're doing, right? But here's the tricky bit: what if you don't observe the distribution that you were hoping. That's a huge disconnect. And that's expectation. Because you're going to have an expectation that if you roll a, a fair dice, uh, six-sided dice, if you roll it once, you know that you have a one in six chance of, of one of the six numbers. But if you roll it over and over and over and over and over, the expectation is you're going to have an equal distribution of ones and twos and threes and fours and mm -hmm. fives and sixes. Cool. What if you don't get that observation? What if you don't get that expectation of equal distribution of one to sixes? Well, you have a dice that's not fair. It's mm. loaded, right? And so as a company, if if that's, you know, if that's what you're doing is that you're measuring over time all of the data that's coming in, that's what you're going to be looking for is that if what you've expected is not what you've expected, you have to modify your model to 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 make better predictions, better prescriptions. And that's what you need to look for. And so there's the barrier mm. is that everybody's looking for a quick fix, right? Everybody says, okay, we're doing this. I'm spending this much money as a company to make this happen. I want to see results in three months, <laughs> you know, well, you know, it doesn't matter how hard you work on it. If you're not collecting enough data, you won't be able to learn from it in that time. Mm. And I think that's probably the biggest tricky bit is that we're all time crunched. We all want to make, we all want to be successful. We all want to leverage this data as quickly as possible, but we do need to be patient. Mm. <laughs> Sadly, um, it just comes with time, right? And, you know, another, another great example, and I, I've lived this one, uh, sadly, is, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a manufacturer and you're manufacturing a device, let's say, right? Um, you know, it doesn't matter how much you test it at the beginning, right? Um, you, you, uh, you, you the, your engineers are going to tell you it works great, you know, and the error rate is like tiny, right? And you're like, oh wow, okay, tiny error rate, fantastic, right? But um, what what do, what people, you know, some people anyway don't don't realize is that you know with success will come your challenges, and so if you are extremely successful and you push this device out to hundreds of thousands of people, well, that small error rate starts to become a problem because it is impacting your sales. Mm -hmm. right? And so there's a great example of how long does it take you in market to discover that you've got a problem and what could you have done beforehand, before pushing it out the door that you know would have saved you that problem right and there's a classic that's a classic example of problems in in manufacturing which you know if you're a startup and you don't have the money and all that kind of stuff to do the the the, the amount of testing you need to do you're going to push it out the door anyway but so what i'm going to say is that's where data is really helpful because you can keep assessing the data as it comes through the door 
and seeing, am I on track? Am I getting what I expected? Or am I getting a distribution that I'm not expecting? Uh-oh, that's a red flag. Mm. <laughs> you know, we need to check that out. So that's, you know, there, there's another example of of where it could be helpful. Yeah, the, the, this is all super fantastic stuff. I love the idea of the using the dice as an analogy because this is what executives do. They roll the dice with data analytics, expect to get X amount of ones, twos, threes, but that doesn't account for that that randomness. So um, mm-hmm. you need to be able to position data analytics in the organization to sell the long-term as a data leader, which is really great too. And yeah. you also yeah. alluded to the problem of data there, which is, for, you know, an, an example that comes to my head is like for a company like HBO, they might want to, see how many people watched the last season of game of thrones but they and they, they might want that information more than anything in the world but they're not going to get it until it's broadcast right you need to have that patience and this is this is one of the qualities not just of organizations that understand data but also the individuals who are spearheading both the the the, the data function data management data analytics and ai as well because another idea of like rolling the dice with data analytics is I don't want to wait, so I'm going to throw AI or I'm going to throw chat GBT mm-hmm. or I'm going to throw technology mm-hmm. at the problem. And that will, mm-hmm. that will, uh, that means I don't need to be patient. But uh, as you, as you rightly alluded to there, there's, there's all these, the, these factors that are running at play that will just go against you and then create a, a longer problem. And this is what executives and, and, and the junior, uh, junior data leaders need to understand. Like, you know, people coming into the field need to know the landscape that they're dealing with um, rather than just coming in and being like, I, I want to work on, a project i don't need to feel like it has value for the business i just want to work in data you know i want to earn 150 200k and working data that's not really how the 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 reality of the business landscape works as you as you probably know already mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no absolutely yeah awesome so uh, just tying on to the the qualities of the the, the data leaders then when you you know whether you're teaching students on this stuff or whether you're working with the the, the individuals in the organization the change makers what do you think of the qualities of those leaders who I can get these these projects over the line, can instill that patience into the um into leaders and, and who are actually successful at driving these transformations. Um yeah, another always always the great question for sure, right? Because there's always so many different styles of getting the same job done. Um, but I, I the way I I would like to describe it, and that's because I live it, I'm in this position, uh, is that you're you're essentially um you know, the, the, in the middle, right? So let me explain that. So another way of, of, uh, you know, of visualizing that would be that you're the honey. <laughs> and so who wants the data are the bears and who's making the data or who's producing the data and working it are the bees, right? You have your worker bees. So, you know, but as a, as a leader, uh, for, for, as a data leader, you're the honey. So meaning that you need to attract the bear, right? So you need to work well with, uh, you know, your executive who are asking the questions and, and asking of you answers from the data, but you, you also have to be a product of, of your team, right? Which is what your honey is. You're a product mm. of, of your team. If, if you're not, if, if, if you're not a product of your team, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're all, you're all by yourself. Right. So, uh, and so you have to play that middle ground very well, uh, as a, as a leader. So you have to be, you know, um, with your team, uh, and, and part of them, and they have to understand, you know, that, you know, what you would like from them and you you're managing them and, and working with them. Uh, but then you also have to uh, appease the bear, right? Mm. And so the only, you know, in the, in that analogy, the only part I'm not really great about is that this concept that the bear is the big bad, you know, bear that's coming after your your honey. Um, it shouldn't be, you know, it should be a very, you know, close knit uh, group 
where the people that are requesting the data should should also be involved. And I think that's the job of, of that's the honey bit, the attraction. Mm -hmm is that uh, you, you do need to attract the execs. You know, you do need to attract those people that are consuming your, your you know, your information from your data uh, to participate as well. Because it, it, it truly is a team effort. And I, I'm sure you've heard this a zillion times, right? It's a team effort. But uh, I'll tell you, it's easier for me to work with, uh, you know, the bees, <laughs> you know, and getting them to to understand, you know, why, you know, what's the value of their job and what's the value of what they're doing and cleaning the data is terrible. You know, 80% of the work is cleaning the data and it's, oh God, what a chore. But the thing is, it's so important and, and they get it, you know, they, they understand that they, it's their job. And then to throw in a little bit of why it's important that uh, what are the questions we're answering, they gobbled it up, right? They love it. Mm. They, they're like, oh my God, that's great. This is why I'm working toward, you know, a day in and day out on this data. It's to answer these questions. Great. You know, so they get that's easy. The other side is not. So bringing execs to the table and getting them to understand, uh, you know, their that how important their direction is how important their understanding of the data is and, and rolling up their sleeves and jumping in um, is very difficult to do. And it's probably, I would say, um, more of a barrier than on the other side, mm. for sure. Uh, because, you, 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 you know, if you don't have the direction, um, and not only the direction, but if they just say, you know, if they come to you and say, okay, based on the data, how do we improve sales? I'd like that. Uh, for in two weeks, please, as a report for the next meeting. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I, I, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with that, but I'm going to find something. And that happens all the time, right? Uh, as opposed to someone coming in and sitting with the team and saying, you know, these are, these are what the markers are that this is what's going to change us, right? You know, this is, this is, I need to make a decision as an executive. And let me tell you, what I need in order to make this decision and what I would really like to, uh, what I would appreciate to hear from you from a data span standpoint. And that's not easy. Um, you know, that is when it, it really works and, and you do make change. Uh, and that piece is just really hard. So mm. to answer your question, what are you looking for? You're looking for that person who can actually serve both sides and encourage and engage both sides uh, so that it all works uh, in the end to to get what, what mm. you need, right? That's what I would say. Yeah, and it, again, just a, a ton of interesting stuff here. And I, I spend my life speaking with leading practitioners in, in data and analytics and usually like the more strategic guys. So you're actually kind of uniquely positioned to answer this question. It might feel like I'm putting you on the spot here, um, <laughs> but it's only because you have this unique academic perspective is that, for example, when an exec comes and says, I want to improve sales and they're like, well, what do, what do I even do with that? When from your and maybe not necessarily this the the guys that you teach, but with the 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 up and coming data scientists, let's say, and 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 the data leaders who are going to be going into these big companies, what do you think is the academic pitfall in general that is stopping these guys from from being those worker bees, let's say? <laughs> um, that's that's a classic uh, for sure, and and it's a challenge uh, right across the board in academia uh, for sure. And so I think it's application. So in the sense that once again, um, you have a continuum from, you know, the data, you know, I'm sure you've heard, you know, data information, uh, you know, knowledge and wisdom, right? So it, mm -hmm. it runs all the way through that, you know, everyone knows that. Um, and so the further you are away from one end or the other, uh, you know, the more challenging it is, right? So in academia, we're, we're pretty far away from the, the wisdom and knowledge, right? So meaning mm -hmm. that, um, 
you know, what do we do with the data and, and, and how do we apply it is, is not, I mean, it's taught, but not really. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so, and, and that's changing just to be positive. That is definitely changing. Right. But uh, a lot of what, what was, what is looked at immediately is, you know, how do you do, how do you clean the data? How do you do the stats? How do you, how do you do the engineering in order to process or, you know, edit the data and analyze the data and what software to use and how do you learn how to use software? All that's covered. No problem. Um, the, the challenge of course, is that the application of what you're going to do is so diverse. There are so many different companies. Each company has so many of their own different problems uh, and, and the data looks different that it's, you know, it's, that's a, a challenge uh, for academia in order to instill in the, the students, um, you know, this is why you're doing it. And this is how doing it this way is going to help these kind of companies or this. So it's, it, gens, it tends to be a little bit generic, right? In the mm. sense that we answer the, the most obvious questions. And then what we do is we train the, the students as best we can to be as adaptable as possible so that when they come in the company, uh, does, oh, wow, look at that. It's totally different. But you know what? I'm ready. I'm good to go. So universities are good at doing that. But um, I, I would still, I, I definitely uh, still uh, prefer to have more hands-on you know, examples and data sets as much as possible. Uh, and even like co-op, co-op's great, right? So, you know, living it in a, in a, mm. in a co-op situation is so helpful, right? We're, we're seeing that a lot here in, in BC, actually, with the, the whole, uh, in, even that's, it sounds silly, but, you know, getting a data scientist to work on the metrics for a coffee shop and even learning to take those reports to learn that you're not a report taker, right? That's not the job that you, but that's the job you're going to be doing at least initially until you can, you know, work your way out the business or work your way into the organization and figure out the intricacies of how it operates. That's really the big gap. And that's something that I think academia uh, can't do is they can't mm -hmm. teach how the op the operating models of the thousands of companies that are out there, right? It's just, it's just not practical and feasible. What they can do is they can set the preconditions, which is kind of what we talk about here at the, the data storytellers, is set the preconditions for that person or individual or team to be an asset for the for the organization, which in turn uh, creates that cultural transformation in these legacy companies. You know, our, our clients aren't the Apples, they're not the Googles of the world. They're, for example, as you mentioned, legacy manufacturers, life sciences, inpatient, outpatient hospitals, all, all these kind of really interesting companies as well, and, and a bunch that we saw at the, the the conference as well so just 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 turning the spotlight back to you as well because uh, i've given you a bit of a hard time but i want to give you a chance to talk about how some of these skills played into your career success you know how did they help you for example build relationships as a leader uh, how did they help with transformations all these kind of stuff um so the as i said my my career path is uh, was a little unique um uh, so I'm not encouraging people to have that path, <laughs> but uh, you know, would I do it again the same way? Yes, I would. And so interestingly uh, for me, you know, the, the skills were, were, were a tool, right? So it was a, a means uh, to, to get where I wanted to go. Uh, and I picked them up along the way. So I've got to say uh, from my perspective, and, and I, I know it's a little unfair, but when you have, you know, the, the three pillars of data science, right, which is your, uh, you know, your, your math and statistics is the one pillar. Another one, the other pillar is, is computer uh, science and engineering. Uh, but the third one is uh, content expertise, right? Mm. So for business, for instance, it's going to be the people that, uh, you know, need the information to run the business and be successful, right? If you don't understand your data 
you're in trouble, right? You really need to understand your data. So I, uh, I, I've got to say, uh, for me, um, you know, be, becoming, you know, as as you say, be, you know, moving your way up, you know, through the continuum, um, and 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 leading in the end, uh, content for me was the biggest. Mm. So taking an interest, it, it didn't really, it did not matter what industry I was in. So I've been in many industries, but taking a genuine interest in the content. So meaning, you know why do we need this data? How is this data going to impact the business? Uh, how can we use the data in such a way uh, that we're confident? I think that's a, a big one as well that's often missed is that you always have you know this this desire to have uh, answers, right for your questions. Um, but then you don't ask the confidence in your answer. and that's a huge problem. Uh, and, and that is something that, you know, as a statistician, for me, it's obvious, right? But for people that are not, that's a problem because they won't ask, right? So, and very often, you know, you know, the ignorance is bliss or, you know, <laughs> um, you know, as an executive, you're going to say, okay, I need these answers. You get the answers. And then, and then you know, the the data scientist is going to say, oh, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to give you a little, a little bit, you know, of a, oh, there's a grain of salt here that, you, you know, you have to be careful here. The confidence on this is whatever. It's low because of whatever our data is this or whatever. As I said, you know, the expected distribution, we're not really seeing that. So that might be a problem. So if you don't listen to that, that that's huge. That's a big problem. And, um, and I've got to say, for me, like to answer your question, once again, uh, definitely that's what helped me was understanding the content, right? Uh, and then uh, realizing, um, you know, or providing uh, comfort. I know that mm -hmm. sounds really silly, but I, I think that's from a leader standpoint, I think that's what is expected of you is to provide some, you know, I say comfort, it's mm -hmm. actually confidence, right? Uh, but, you know, if you, if you, if you are able to, to provide that to whoever you're working with, um, they like that, you know, they really appreciate that. And, and I've been ignored so many times, I can tell you right now, I've been ignored more times than I'd, I'd want to admit, you know, where I say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, I'm giving you this result, but I'm a little concerned about the data here and we should wait a little bit on this. They, oh, no, 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 we're all good. We're all good. And how many times have they, you know, they'll hmm. come back to me, of course, but you know, it failed. Because miserably. your data was wrong. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. It's your fault. Your data was wrong. Uh, but but just to you know just to I mean it's funny but it's not right yeah. if they if if you were able uh, you know or the times that you are able able to to share that concern and then they say oh okay okay good thank you we'll take that in under advisement we'll we'll change the way we're gonna we're gonna roll this out you know we're gonna roll it out but mm -hmm. we're gonna check on this and check on that and slow down whatever whatever yeah that wins. That's a win right there. That's a win. And so I think that's important as a leader uh, in this, in the area of data science is that it's not just giving the goods. <laughs> you have to be prepared to give the bad news that comes along with it uh, and, and back it up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that's the tricky bit, but that, that makes you a good leader. I, I think people appreciate that. Right. And it, and it is tricky more so for like, if, if you look at like the functions of an organization, you know, manufacturing, supply chain, R&D, data, you know, data is really the, the, the purveyor of the truth, right? That's why there, there has almost been a gap. And that's exactly what we talk about here are kind of like uh, three key words here at the data storytellers are influence and persuasion and communication, because there is this misconception that the truth will carry you through. And in an, in an, in an, 
<laughs> evangelist society that would be great you know the truth does carry you through in yeah. in in the business world in the real world that we live in you need to use these the as you said the you mentioned courage uh, or uh, you mentioned um you know becoming coming forward there and i think that having this courage having this empathy understanding the needs and um being able to leverage that is 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 a severely un- underrated skill and even if you look at the the academic journey of the data sciences probably you're well more versed in this than i am but you mentioned like maths and stats computer science when i think of someone studying maths i think of someone or computer science i think of like hunched over like the hunchback <laughs> of notre dame typing away at the computer it's a very introverted uh study in general obviously we're, we're making generalism so it's not like a drama degree you know mm-hmm. um but you need to be able to, the best data leaders out there will be the guys who take those leaps of faith and they leverage those those softer skills along with their technical expertise because that's that's aligning the truth and then you're kind of being this actor in the play and when you have those two forces it's it's unstoppable you know this is what we see all the time the best data leaders are the ones who have harnessed both those skills uh, I agree. And I like your the name of, you know, when you say uh, data storytellers, you're, you're absolutely right. And and I think that's the uh, the key to success if you want to be a leader, is that you have to go beyond the data, you have to go beyond your analytics, and you do need to tell a story. And, and it's so important. And you know, I'm, you know, I'm not the first one to say this, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but the ability to to be able to do that, I think, is, is, is what's going to contribute to you being a leader for, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Well, Pascal, I've had a, a genuine lot of fun. It's been a very different perspective than, than one I'm used to. You know, speaking with, with someone who's who's heavily invested in the healthcare and academia. So I have very, very interesting stuff here. You started on something, you mentioned you have this unconventional career path. So what made you fall in love with like the data side of things? What do you like most about your job? Hmm. Um, once again, a, a, a great question that I get asked um, often. And I, I think bottom line is I like the position of being the honey. I, I really do in the sense that I'm a little geeky. I, I enjoy, you know, computers and programming and, you know, getting into the data. I love data. Um, I love stats, you know, all that stuff. But uh, why I'm, I particularly love my position is, is because um, I, I like uh, taking that role of exactly, as you say, having the courage uh, to um, connect with the users, right? The application. I really enjoy that part of seeing that I I can work with this data and by doing so, I'm going to impact, in Mm. my case, people's lives, right? And I I really like that. I mean, for business, it's the same thing. I mean, you're impacting your company, you're increasing sales or whatever, that's fantastic, right? Or if you're in American healthcare, you're doing all of those things. You're doing (laughs) all those things, exactly. Yeah, even better, right? (laughs) Uh, but but I think that's what I like is is that ability to um, you know really you know see that uh, my efforts uh, impact uh, you know the the you know the users mm-hmm. um, and and that's that's the biggest that's what I why I enjoy the the position the most because if I was just a, a data anal, you know analyst um, I wouldn't have that ability to connect as much as I'd like for instance and in, in, you know the end uh, user. Um, but that's that's what I, I personally enjoy is, is that mm. ability to to connect the dots, like right to the end, right? So not just cleaning the data or running the program or writing the script and go, yay, I wrote the <laughs> script, I'm done, you know. Uh, but more the more difficult piece, which is is to actually see change, right? Make change. Right? 
And I, I always like to ask this question. I'm going to phrase it a little differently for you. How do you, because you said you have this unconventional role when you're kind of doing, a, a, wearing a bunch of different hats, which is, I think is always a, a great attitude to have to professional life. How do you see your, 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 your hat in general? So what I mean by that is I might ask, do you see yourself as a data champion or a data evangelist? You know, what kind of hat are you? Are you like a data teacher? Are you trying to teach, um, grow the world of data? You know, how do you characterize your own role? Um, I would say, I would probably say I'm more of a, an educator for sure. I like that aspect of it. Um, and inevitably I'm biased in the sense that I, I do think that, um, you know, the more you understand the process as a company, as an individual, it doesn't matter, uh, the better off, uh, you're or more successful you're going to be. So I, I would say if you had to, you know, if I had to, you're asking and, and what would I see? I, I would probably say, uh, education is the biggest piece because I've, I've done, you know, it doesn't even matter, even if it's an industry, it's the same thing. Um, I end up doing exactly that, you know, mm -hmm. which is kind of funny is I'll sit down I'll sit the executive down and say, Hey, you know, you're, I'm going to talk half an hour here and I'm going to explain to you why you need to connect to your analytics team. Right. Um, and I love doing that, you know, because, um, uh, you know, once again, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's satisfying, uh, because you see the impact that it, that it has. And for me, it's just a visible gap. How about that? Like, you know, I just mm. see that as a gap. It's missing very often, not always, but very often it's missing. And so I'm just like, great, I'll just fill that gap. You know what I mean? Like for me, that's just perfect, right? That's that's what I do and that's what I mm. enjoy doing. So that's that's what I look for, so. So what advice would you give for the, or what advice do you give to your students when they're, when they're leaving and they're going into these big companies? What's like, the, if you could only say one thing, what would that be? um get involved be engaged so they kind of mean the same thing but it means don't don't go into your new role as a data analyst let's say you know let's say you've just graduated and you're going to go in as a data analyst and just put your head down and program mm. um you know don't do it get get engaged as as much as you can if there's any opportunity to talk you know to go up the you know go up the ladder right in terms of you know, use of your data, right? Uh, just the more opportunity you have uh, to get involved and and learn, um, the better. So meaning that you you've trained, you've been trained to be an analyst. Fantastic. Are you going to learn new tools? Of course you are. Are you going to do corporate training? Of course you are. You know, mm -hmm. like to, how do I plug into the new environment and all that stuff? You're going to be very busy, but take the extra time uh, to try and and connect with um, people that are asking. Uh, of you this information and i know how hard that is um you know because you just don't have that access so you know i mean my company is very small but uh you know i i talk to everybody in my company and i'm happy to to talk to them and explain to them take the time to explain to them why i'm asking them uh for this information and i'll you know you're gonna say oh that's so altruistic of you no no actually not at all <laughs> you know because if i do that what's going to happen is um th they are going to think of things that are going to help me and and that's that happens all the time, you know, that the more mm. time you spend explaining to people, you know, why you need it, how you need it and what how you're going to use it and let them run with it. You know, you got a lot of smart people working for you. Um, they're going to come back to you with interesting ideas or interesting ways of ways of doing things or, as I said, confidence, right, giving you a little more confidence with the results. And so it pays off. It it I mean, for me, it always pays off because I love educating. But even if you're not an educator, it pays off because in the end, you have a team that's connected, as I said at the very beginning, 
it's a team that's connected to you, right? Mm -hmm. There's a whole continuum through that, as opposed to being the big CEO, nobody talks to, you know, that's, I'm, you know, in my opinion, that's a load of bull. All right. So, you know, a lot of CEOs do that because they don't know and they're embarrassed to, to actually go to their team and say, I don't know. All they're doing is really what they're doing is they're saying, make it better. You know, they come mm -hmm. into a meeting and they say, we need better sales. You know, where's the <laughs> analytics on this? You know, like, you know, come on, man. <laughs> you know, ultimately yeah. it's their responsibility, right? So that's what's funny. So, you know, that's what I, I definitely try and encourage of, of, you know, of the executives is, is, is to get involved and don't worry about, I mean, people will think more of you. <laughs> you know, because you're actually showing engagement and interest of, of what your team's doing, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, so, it's so interesting that you mentioned that because now I'm I'm thinking about it now that we've actually had like a good conversation on it. I'm, I'm kind of seeing the, the early stages a lot more clearer than I have before. So to, thanks so much, but just to kind of explain where I'm at here. It's like the, the 80, 20 of being a data scientist who's studying to work in one of these roles is is the tech side you know is is hunkering down mm -hmm. getting these reports out but as soon as you get that degree and you walk out the 80 20 actually comes from because you already have the technology as i said earlier you're the purveyors of truth in whatever organization you do whether you're going to td or uh, another company like that that, that you you already have that truth you already have the skills to get that truth to the forefront the actual 80 20 then becomes about the soft skills side and as I said earlier, this is where the the the, the most successful people go. And I'm glad to hear that you're uh, teaching the next generation because there is all this stuff to do when you tell them, but also at the same time, they're in the most exciting profession in the world. And they're going to get uh, a lot better paid and uh, have a lot more fun than the drama degrees out there. So the, the uh, theater degrees, but um, maybe we'll cut that bit out. <laughs> awesome. So Pascal, it's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you. Very unique perspective. And uh, yeah, I look forward to connecting with you again sometime soon. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. It's been it's been great.